Randy. He's Barney. She's Aunt B. Liz is Thelma Lou. No, wait, he's Floyd. I'm Gomer. Whatever. This is not the Andy Griffith Show. This is Mikey's report, Drew and Ted. Drew, how are you doing? Woohoo! Where are we at? Episode 15? How are you doing? Number 15. Ted? Not too bad. How are you? 15? 15. Wow. That's like 14 more than we thought we had. <laughs> <laughs> 14 and a half. <laughs> the great Andy Griffith show. 249 episodes to move into second place for the Vikings Report episode all-time list. Just what a great show that was. Oh, dude. Just binged it like six months ago. Toons is like on her last nerve going, how many of these goddamn shows are we going to 159 black and white episodes, 90 color. And we'll, we got to give a shout out to Earl Hagen, the guy that whistled the theme. I mean, come on. Yeah. Is that not... Is that not one of the, the whistling theme of Andy Griffith? We've all tried it. We've all failed. Iconic. Iconic opening. Let's hear it. I can't whistle. Honestly, I, I don't know how to whistle. No, we'll have Earl Hagen do it. Hit it, Earl. Oh. The Andy Griffith Show. Starring Andy Griffith. With Ronnie Howard. Also starring Don Knox. Okay, that's cool. That's very, very cool. You know what? That that show, tremendous show. Tremendous. Yeah. And I can't believe how one person carried it so much. I don't know if you've ever binged it or watched it, but when it got to the, the end, last couple seasons when Barney wasn't on there, when Don Knotts wasn't on the show, it was terrible. Yeah. So much better with him on there. He was, that guy, awesome. And uh, the gal that played Aunt B, her name escapes me now. But Francis I just thought. Vivier. That's it, Francis Bouvier. Um, her and Andy Griffith really had a hard time getting along on on the TV show. They they had some famous now. I mean, obviously back in the day, they kept stuff like that under wraps. That stuff like that, it'd be all over it, the social media today. But back then, they had difficulties getting along, and I guess she was very difficult to work with. And I just saw a thing on YouTube. They had Andy Griffith. Uh, the last time he saw her, right. they. Had, they reconciled. He talked to her on the phone and she went to see him and, or he went to see her. She was dying of cancer, I believe it was. And they kind of, they kind of buried the hash. It's very, very, uh, very kind of a touching story, actually. The problem with them is that she was this established like Broadway, real serious actress. And they were like walking around making fart noises under their arm and pulling pranks on each other. Yeah. All all the dudes on the show and it drove her nuts. Yeah. But yeah, I'd heard that. I had heard that same thing before, man, that show, 249 episodes those old shows man they withstood time yeah that was that was in syndication by the time i watched it It was one of those after school shows that sort of went through the the kind of the rotation of the tv stations right yeah i loved i loved andy griffith it was a great it was a great after school show love excellent idea today to go with old andy griffith and and it's still a lot of people who we all knew back then but ron howard who's more famously known as richie cunningham from happy days and a very acclaimed movie director right was was Opie Taylor, little Opie Taylor. Yes, he was. <laughs> yes, he was, little Opie. Now, Ope. Now, Ope. You know how I feel about that, Ope. Oh, Paul, come on. It was, you know, they, they, when they started that show, they didn't really know the direction to go. Oh, yeah, he's a sheriff. What are we going to have him do? Matter of fact, Don Knotts, Barney Fife character, wasn't even in it during the pilot or any of that. Barney Fife called him later and said, hey, I'd be a great co-host on your, I'd be, you need a deputy. Yeah. And he went, yeah, let's try it out. He ended up, that ended up being like the high point of the show. So, And Otis Campbell played the best drunk on TV ever, still to this day. <laughs> to this day. Otis! Hi, Andy. <laughs> they had like a regular room for him. <laughs> yeah, would walk, put himself in jail overnight, and then go over the next day. It was just, it was just a great show. Mm-hmm. What's the name of the game? Gin? Thank you. Don't mind if I do. Oh, shut up, Otis. Keep your to yourself. What did I do? You steered me wrong. That's what you did. I never would have thrown that card. So who told you to? You did. So? So that's how he got it. Got what? Jim. Thank you. Don't oh, mind shut up, Otis. Oh, you want to make yeah. it? Yeah. 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 So, Andy Griffith, so uh, our jersey tonight, who do we got for, for our, our jersey of the week? Well, before we get to the jersey, I want to give a quick shout out to a person that was very important in my career musically and it was 19 years ago today where we lost Lane Staley to suicide from Allison Chains and uh, 
I want to give a shout out to him because at that time during the mid-90s, my band was really doing well. We had kind of hit some lulls and listening to that music really got me fired up and re-motivated back in the studio to make some different tunes. And, you know, his motivation was kind of behind that. So I know we, we record today, this is show till Saturday, but today is the anniversary, 19 years of his death. So I want to give him a, give him a shout out. <clears throat> and uh, moving on, who is our jersey of the day? Looks like you got uh, Chad Greenway behind your shoulder there. Oh, hey, Chad Greenway. Come on in. Sit a spell. Come on in. Join us. Hard hat on. Hard hat on today. Chad Greenway. Woohoo. There we go. We talk about Chad Greenway. Any special memories come to mind? Draft draft day? Uh, on, on draft day, no. I, I will say my brother Brad uh, is a big University of Iowa fan. And, and Chad Greenway was hands down his, his favorite. He's got his Jersey, uh, all that, all that good stuff. Uh, so brother, brother Bradley, this, this is for you, man. Chad Greenway. Um, he, uh, big Iowa fan and, and yeah, he, we, he came down, we went to a Vikings Rams game when they were still here in 2014. He had the, he had the Greenway Jersey. He was sporting. That's cool, dude. I remember, uh, well, first off, he's from Mount Vernon, South Dakota. And if we don't mention that, Mary Fisk is going to kick both our asses. Because <laughs> she, I, I know for a fact we have to mention that first off for Mary um, from South Dakota. I remember doing a draft, a little draft write-up, not the, as much as I do now. Mm-hmm. I remember doing a draft write-up on Chad Greenway. And I remember I got this far into it. The first sentence I read was, Chad enjoys playing tackle football on the asphalt. And I thought, that's about all I need to know. <laughs> about all the information I need to know about anybody. They're playing tackle football on the asphalt. That's the guy we want. I really wanted the Vikings to draft him, and they ended up drafting him. 17th overall, 2006? Yeah. 2006, 17th overall. And I remember he was the third linebacker taken. By 17, there had already been two taken. Uh, One was Ernie Sims from Florida State. And the other one is escaping me right now. If I remember it, I'll yell it out. But uh, he was the third uh, linebacker taken. The guy turned in an incredible career. I got a tasty, tasty tidbit for, for Chad Greenway. What's your tasty, tasty tidbit? <clears throat> well, you know, the, the first year he got drafted in 2006, he blew his knee out in that preseason game against Dallas, I think it yep. was. Missed the whole year. On the kickoff return. They had him on special teams. Yep. It was like, man, <clears throat> get this. Incredible Iron Man this guy was. He missed all the games in 2006. And then he came back. He missed, in the next 10 years, Ted, as a Viking, he missed four games. Really? Four games. We got guys missing four games now by Halloween. Yeah. Yeah, we do. That That is incredible. So uh, I'm sure I'm sure this was not an intentional slight on your part. But the other linebacker taken ahead of Chad Greenway? A.J. Hawk! A.J. Hawk, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was intentional, wasn't it? You completely forgot on it purpose. Was, yeah. Oh, well, I didn't forget. I just don't care. Yeah. I, I think Hawk was taken like fifth overall or something. By the, yeah, by the Packers. He sure was. Here are his tackles during the stretch of his career. 105, 116, 99. 2010, 144, which led the NFL. Jeez. 154 the following year. 148, 134, and then 93 during that stretch. 1,103 wow. tackles. That's that, got to be up by Studwell. I mean, it's not – nobody's going to touch Studwell, but I think Studwell, Blair, I think Seaman might have had a few more, but Greenway's right up there. Yeah. I. You know, am I one – probably my favorite all-time – Greenway highlight I think it was from the 2014 season when he had that 90 or 91 yard interception return against the Chargers for a touchdown and he got to about the 35 or the 40 (laughs) and I think it was um I think it was Captain Munderland that was like he was like his running coach he was yelling at him come on you can make it you can there's like nobody around him it was like a sea of Vikings and and the whole sideline uh, it was he was going down the Viking sideline, and everybody on the Viking sideline was like running with him. That was just a great, great moment. Receivers left and right, River shotgun. Vikings rush four. Philip dump over the middle. Ball's batted in the air. Interception! 
intercepted Chad Greenway, and the veteran turns it up at the 20, to the 30, to the 40, far side, Greenway is loose! Remember, he caught that. It was like a little flare pass over the middle, and we were yeah. going, All right, he's just gonna go down after he catches it. Then he started running, and we we're going, Oh my god, <laughs> he got to the outside. I'm like, Just get to the 20, and we're good. The next thing you know, he's at the 50, and he's got like eight Vikings around him, and the whole sideline's going nuts. It was awesome. It was just a great play to this day. I think he's the only guy, and you might ask your buddy this since he follows Iowa football closer than me. He won the Mr. Hustle Award four years in a row at Iowa. I don't think he knew he's ever done that, but. That's really? What kind, of, what kind of guy he is, man. On the football field, great teammate, always never took any plays off, always motivating the guys around him. Chad Greenway is an all-time Viking in my book. Yeah, me too. And Mike Zimmer said, uh, I think I think Greenway retired after the 2014 season, after Zimmer's first year, I think. Mike, or maybe it was 2015 season, but, but Zimmer said if I'd had Chad Greenway his entire career, he'd be a Hall of Famer now. I love the guy. That's really so. cool. Excellent. All right, speaking of jerseys, look, we've only got, like, counting this episode, we only have three episodes left before our uh, live draft show. Um, And and you still have time to enter to win the Justin Jefferson jersey we're giving away during our live draft show. Um, At some point during the show, either Drew or myself will say the secret phrase of the show. That'll be be decided afterwards by by Liz and by Tunces. Um, When you see the secret phrase on the – on the screen, just write it down in the YouTube comments. Uh, uh, voting or, or entry is open until Wednesday noon central time. So write the secret phrase before then, and you're, you're entered for the show. You can only enter one time per show, but you can enter uh, for the remaining shows up until the, the entire draft show. We've got a whole bunch of entries. We've got a whole bunch of people that have entered from day one. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So get your entry in for the draft show. Dude, we're like three weeks away. I know. I can't believe it. It's getting it's getting close, isn't it? What's that word? Percolating. It's percolating. It's just it's over the horizon. I want you better you better sleep for a couple of days before that draft because we are going to go all out. I, I will sleep for a couple of days after the draft as well. <laughs> for I am old and I can't stay up that late anymore. Thank you, everybody. Get in on that jersey, and thank you for watching our show. Yeah, I really, we really appreciate all the support. It's, it's been a lot of fun. Um, I'll tell you something that is not fun, Drew. This, uh, this moving into the Vikings news. This, this has just happened. It just broke a couple hours ago. Um, and and I I hope uh, Vikings cornerback Jeff Gladney has watched the sh- the show on Netflix Orange is the New Black because Orange is the New Purple because Jeff Gladney is in a significant amount of trouble. So just breaking a guy by the name of J D Miles and I, I looked him up on on uh, on Twitter and J D Miles is a reporter for CBS 11 down in Dallas Tejas. And he tweeted this out a couple hours ago. He said, I've learned from sources that Minnesota Vikings cornerback Jeff Gladney has turned himself in uh, to the Dallas County Jail, and he posted a $10,000 bond on a charge of third-degree felony assault, felony family violence assault. He now faces two to ten years in prison if convicted after an incident that happened on April 2nd, which is about three days ago. And that's when a 22-year-old woman who says she was in a relationship with Gladney told police that they got into an altercation over text messages she was receiving. Gladney is accused of hitting her with closed fists, choking her and dragging her by the hair while driving with her outside of his vehicle. She also accuses him of pulling her by her hair, trying to hold her still in order to get her face ID to work. If you're not familiar uh, some versions of, of uh, smartphones just have a face facial recognition ID opens up the phone that way. Go ahead, Drew. Bye, Felicia. You know, Ted, when we started the show, one thing that I was kind of notorious for in GMG was my language. And so I decided, and you thought it was a good idea, we kind of both decided I needed to watch my language. <laughs> Having a hard time watching my language right now. Yeah. 
really bothers me hearing stuff like this. It really does. Yeah, there's there's no place for that in society anywhere. I, I I don't see how any reasonable person can think what Jeff Gladney did is okay. But he has been charged, uh, and I would be surprised if he has played if he plays another down with the Minnesota Vikings. Done. I mean, the, the, the Vikings have to do there's there's legal stuff that they have to do with the union for notifications, and I I, I do Vikings need to do what they need to do. Um, if we go back, I think the last really serious off the field incident, anything like this was, was Adrian Peterson, probably the child abuse allegations in 2014. If you'll remember, Peterson spent the entire year on the commissioner's exempt list, um, got paid, didn't play. I would assume that would happen to Gladney for the time being, um, what happens after that happens. But I, man, this this just does not sound good at all. And, and, and if even 20% of this is true, he's got no business being just, uh, a member of the Vikings. Get rid of that guy. Hey, Evian, I made up a new dance move. It's called the move on with your life. The other big news that happened like right before the, the, the Gladney stuff. Yeah. Uh, Sam Darnold got yeah. traded. How about that, Ted? Yeah, so so Sam Darnold got dealt, um, and it was for uh, well, first of all, to the Carolina Panthers, and the and the Jets for getting rid of Sam Darnold are getting a sixth round draft pick in this draft, and a second and a fourth rounder in next year's draft. Wow, good trade or not? Do you think the Jets made a good move here? Or the or the Panthers made a good move or what? I think the Panthers did make a good move. They need a quarterback. Teddy's not going to be the guy. They need a quarterback, and they took care of getting their quarterback and then still kept that top 10 pick. Yeah. Uh, because the pick they gave up, a sixth rounder this year, that's, that guy's not, we're not going to be going to work out anyway. And then next year they gave up what? A couple picks from next year. Mm-hmm. A, a, a one and a four or two and a four? Two and a four. So this year when they gave up a sixth round pick. They got their quarterback. And I, I think – Sam Darnold is a lot better than what we've seen in New York. So. Well, he had was it Adam Gase was his coach. I, I mean, uh, I, I don't, I don't think Tom yeah. Brady would have would have been good if Adam Gase had been his first coach. There was offense, defense. It was all dysfunction there, Ted. So, so do you think you think Sam Darnold is a good choice for a reclamation project in Carolina? Yes, because he's still really young. I okay. think he, he can grow with the reclamation project that they got going on. I think it's a great move for them. I do. Now, if they how, lost that pick eight, if they lost that top 10 pick, I would kind of be going, well, you know, you got your quarterback, but you lost your pick. But the fact that they kept that pick that they were going to use on the quarterback, they got in, you know, I'm telling you, Darnold's better than what you've seen in New York. He, he is. He is better. How are you feeling if you're Teddy Bridgewater right now? Because you're on the Jets and the Jets draft Sam Darnold. And you get kicked to the curb. Oh, that's you, right. You go sign with the Panther, Panthers. They they give you a $63 million contract. You play one year for the Panthers. And then in the offseason, they trade for Sam, Sam Darnold. <laughs> I didn't even think of that, dude. You just hate that guy. I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. I don't even know you, but I hate you too. And I especially hate you. If I'm Teddy Bridgewater, I'm finding a voodoo doll. Yeah. I'm making one of Sam Darnold right now, and I'm stabbing it with scissors for, like, now until training camp. Back. I didn't put those two things together, but that's exactly right. That's what happened to him in the same guy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what's going to go on with Teddy. He's still got a job in this league. He could be a, he could be a backup somewhere. He does. And shortly after that trade, the, the Panthers announced they were going to attempt to trade Teddy Bridgewater. So... That, that don't say, he, it. don't say it. <laughs> I'm not. No, a lot of people are. Uh, I won't yeah, say. I, it. Know. I won't you, say it. You but a lot that. of people are. Cousins' first interception. People running through the street. Oh my god! Teddy, come on, Just, get him in there. That is not going to happen. Oh, uh, just that. No, I, I no. The reason we talk about uh, Jeff Gladney and Sam Darnold, um, this really both these huge stories affected potentially 
how the draft is going to shake out in a couple of weeks. And we want to spend a few minutes talking about that. Drew, why don't you go ahead and, and give me your initial thoughts on, on how you see this altering the potential picks coming off the board or the, just the draft overall. Well, you know, we make our picks and then we change them and then we make them again and then we change them and then we make them again and then we change them and we make them again. The problem that could arise with the Vikings is they might end up taking the offensive lineman we wanted to get. I think they might be going after a left tackle, Derisaw, Slater, one of those guys. Uh, so that really could affect if, if that guy was going to fall to the Vikings. Yeah. The, the weird thing about the draft is that one one move can trickle down for everybody else. That's what kind of makes it fun and interesting. You know, this opens up the, the corner situation, too, with Gladney. This opens up the, the situation with him. Now, now the corner, nobody wanted a corner. That has got to be on the board now, at least required talk about, right? Yeah, I, I think so. And I, and I, I agree with you 100% about the offensive line. Um, you know, Jacksonville's picking a quarterback. The Jets are taking – uh, this clears the way for them to get a quarterback. The 49ers are going to take a quarterback. You are, are the Falcons right there, gonna, Yeah, that's three. Are, are the Falcons going to take a quarterback? I don't, I don't know. You, you could make an argument. They could because Matt Ryan's getting up there in years. Um, I, I think the Bengals are probably going to take an offensive lineman. The lions haven't had a good line. Uh, the dolphins haven't had a good line. The Panthers, are almost certainly going to pick an offensive lineman now that they, they solved their, their quarterback. Denver doesn't have a great line. Dallas, they had a bunch of guys hurt, so they could may or may not. But, you know, the bottom line is there's there's three really, really good offensive tackles, I think, based on what, what you told us a couple episodes back. You've got Sewell. Mm-hmm. You've got Derisaw. Those are the top two. And you got, and then right after him, right after those two were like, just right below those guys is Rashawn Slater of Northwestern. Slater. Yeah. I think, yeah those I think, are your three top guys, right? Yeah. And now the uh, guy from Texas, Cosme, he's starting to sneak in there. People talking about him as left tackle and uh, Vera Tucker, I think is strictly a guard. So I think you can almost take him out as if you're going to select him at tackle as a tackle. I don't, I don't think he's going to be, I think he's going later. But, so, yeah. okay, and I wanted to ask you that. So between, between Sewell, Slater and Derisaw. What's the drop off between those three guys? And then it's, I believe it's Sam Cosme, right? The Texas guy. Yes. Uh, it, so is if, cause I think all three of them, I think those top three guys are going to be gone by the time the Vikings get on the board. Now I, I just do. We are putting Mac Jones in with the other four guys. Now, now it's a five. Now it's quarterback elite five is what we're calling it. Now Carolina makes this move. Cause they think all five are going to be gone. Let's say all five are gone. And let's say those three tackles are gone. There's eight guys. If those three guys are gone, do they still go offensive line? Is that what you're going getting to? I, yeah, I, I don't I don't think they are um, because I think those three guys are going to be gone. And when you throw in that garbage about uh, Jeff Gladney that's going on, cornerback now I think becomes a need. I don't know that you can count on Mike Hughes being 100% healthy or good if he's back. And and the, the Vikings' new defensive backs coach was at Alabama. Now everybody says Patrick Sertan – um, who is probably the top-ranked corner in the draft right now is going to be gone by the time um, the Vikings get on the clock at 14. But if he isn't, um, I, it would not surprise me if they go Sertan because cornerback was kind of a down-low need anyways. Right. And and now, along with wide receiver, and I, I don't think Zimmer's going to take wide receiver at 14. I, I think that's probably going to be the most talented position group at 14 now. Right. You got three corners that are biting for the top spot. I mean, I think Sertan. I my I won't do my corners till next week. But I think Sertan, Farley, not Chris, and a guy named J.C. Horn are kind of like the top three corners. But, okay. but look what's in play now. We mentioned the the eight guys we just took off the board. You have what a corner? What if one of the top three wideouts is there, and there's one of the another like Cosme or something? What are you going to do? I mean, it gets and and we haven't even talked about linebackers. Which we're going to talk to about. We're going to we're talk about in a minute. The the one thing I love about draft season is trying to figure out what's a lie and what's real. And if if the 49ers are saying there's discord in the building about which quarterback they want, they hundred percent know who their guy is. Dude, the Niners are in full slurp mode right now. It's Skinnyflix slurp mode for Mac Jones around. The, that's all I hear around this area. How much I, they love I, that guy. I think that's a smokescreen. I I'd never, be shocked. And then a report came out today where Shanahan is arguing with John Lynch about the the different quarterbacks they like. They made really? that public. 
which you know, don't let this go public as they're throwing it out the window. Don't let don't let anybody find out about this. Rabbit season. Duck season. Rabbit season. Duck season. Rabbit season. Duck season. Rabbit season. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So so the bottom line in all this is um the the Sam Darnold trade today at least in my opinion, hurt the Vikings' chances to have a really good offensive tackle still sitting on the board at 14. And when you throw in the murkiness of the Jeff Gladney situation, uh, cornerback is now a real need. Um, and and Mike Zimmer uh, is kind of like addicted to cornerbacks like um, most rock stars in the 60s and 70s were addicted to heroin. <laughs> so... I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. And and Mike Zimmer likes Mike Zimmer uh, and offense go together, kind of like uh, orange juice and toothpaste. So, mm-hmm. Okay, roof of your mouth. Oh yeah. I don't know. I, I'm just thinking defense is going to be a thing. So. Unfortunately, not a not a good day for the Vikings. A dark day for the Vikings, and not a good day even for the for the for the trade uh, or for the draft board with the Sam Darnold trade. So we don't let darkness keep us down, though, Ted Glover. No, we don't, because we're we're all about we're about all about unicorns and rainbows on this show, folks. In fluffy unicorns dancing on rainbows. Happiness. <laughs> and um, what about what about Chad Greenway when he snuck up in the? In the defense, when he snuck up in the gap, he was an extra man in the box. Man in the box. Oh, daily references can we have today? I don't know, I don't know but we're not going to have no excuses. No excuses. Right, so that kind of does it for the Vikings and, and the NFL news. Uh, time to move on to line linebackers. Um, do it. Let's do it. So I, I would argue, you know, looking at the Vikings roster, I, I would argue it's one of the more deep position groups right now. Yeah. Um, on the roster, you've got Anthony Barr, Ryan Connolly, Troy Dye, Eric Kendricks, Blake Lynch, Cam Smith, and Nick Candlelight Vigil. That's like the greatest nickname ever, by the way. He's got to stay on the team if we can call him Candlelight! <laughs> you know what, Ted, uh, though? It's the same with the other positions, though. Take those top two guys out, and there's no depth. Yeah, I, I think Vigil's an okay depth guy. I thought Cam Smith might be an okay depth guy. And for as little as they use, uh, you know, the traditional 4-3 set, they, they do a lot of nickel now. Right. Um, I, I'm, I'm kind of I'm okay with, with what they – currently have on the roster what about you so that means you don't want one at 14 <sighs> i'm gonna write it down ted's no list i'm i'm not saying no oh, come on make a choice yes or no i don't want to want to say it say it all right no no do not go linebacker at 14 that's a good point though if you're not gonna have three on the field then um i don't see them getting any any guys in free agency? I threw a few down here. Who'd you uh, got? Quan Alexander. He's 27. Okay. But this will be his fourth team in seven years. I don't know what's going on with that guy. Seems like a really good player, but fourth team in seven years means there's something going on. But that guy back in 2016 with Tampa Bay, he had 106 tackles. Wow. So he's pretty good. And there's, there's a couple of Pittsburgh guys, linebackers, that were on the list. Avery Williamson, he's 29. Uh, six seasons played for both the Steelers and the Jets had four different 100 tackle seasons then there's Vince Williams eight years in the league Uh, last year had 14 tackles for loss Vince Williams from the Steelers he's 32 BJ Goodson the 28 year old guy from Cleveland four years in the league Reuben Foster Reuben Foster yeah he's still out there that guy loves the hippie lettuce blew his knee out (laughs) here I am working for the man you know what man I like the man. Hey, thanks, man. <laughs> Don't waste your time on Reuben Foster. Yeah, but I mean, again, there's there's really nothing 
nothing really that stands out and, and no names. I mean, I, unless is there, is there a name you think the Vikings should pursue? Ingram, the one first guy you mentioned. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think they're pretty much, I think they're pretty much done there. There might be one minor signing. And if they do sign a guy, I don't think it'll be linebacker. So they're going to get Tajay Sharp back. Just stop it. Just, He's I'm going to, we're done. Have a Have a nice night. We're done. We're done. This episode's <laughs> over. Over. It's over. And there is nothing that you can do here in this room that can turn that around. Isn't he your boy? <laughs> no. What did you say? He had Ta- more something than catches? He had more. Tajay, two target sharp. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then let's move to your, uh, your draft picks. Cause I think you set me up by saying the Vikings won't take a linebacker at 14. Oh, wait, breaking news. Kyle Pitts just became the first college recruit guy to get to the Hall of Fame without playing a game. (laughs) Can we stop about Kyle Pitts? For Christ, can we let him play a game first before we put him in the Hall of Fame? He's a wide receiver that just managed, that was just... uh, That's what somebody uh, told me today. Drew, you don't understand. He can play wide receiver. Then draft a wide receiver! (laughs) (laughs) He's not a unicorn. Drove it right into a ditch. He's a wide receiver. All right, so who do you got for linebackers? Man, we got draft, and then we got Jeopardy tonight? Yes, we do. (laughs) Yes, we do. Yeah, I'd sing the Jeopardy song, except I can't think of it right now. (laughs) <laughs> we are not down in a hole. Two thousand twenty-one. There was four taken in the first round last, or two thousand twenty. That's last year. This is two thousand twenty-one. Isaiah Simmons from Clemson was taken number eight overall by Arizona, and then at number twenty-three. Kenneth Murray came off the board. And then 27, the Seahawks took uh, Jordan Brooks. And then the next pick was my favorite linebacker in last year's draft, Patrick Queen, who went to the Ravens, the guy from LSU. Four taken in the first round, and then there wasn't another linebacker taken for 32 more picks. Really? Pick number 60, Josh Uche. You remember him. Putting the hammer down to the Buckeyes. No, he didn't. <laughs> not, not what it mattered, he didn't. Maybe he made some tackles when it was like 62 to 28, but whatever. <laughs> Remember that game? Twice yeah. in a row. Shea Patterson. <laughs> Shea Patterson. So there was four taken in the first round, one at pick 60, and that concludes our retrospect on looking back at 2020 draft. Now we're moving on to 2021. Let's throw the board up there. All right. And we, what do we always do? The the horn of linebacker. Horn of cornucopia to lead us in. <laughs> As you see, Ted, mine's a little different at the top than 99% of the draft boards you're going to see out there in ESPN or NFL Network. Yeah, most people have Micah Parsons. Oh, man, yes, they do. As their number one guy. And you have... Um, Are you yawning during my draft segment? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to... Did you just yawn I'm psyching my myself up to... Hello, my name is Joe Perra, and I'm sorry that you're having trouble dozing off. That's why I made you this show, because in my opinion, falling asleep is one of the best feelings there is. Jeremiah Owusa Tutsis, I want to... Karamoa. I want to pay, Doc. <laughs> There's no yawning during my draft. you believe that guy? There's no yawning in football. Hey, wake up! This other guy's sleeping! <laughs> okay, I got Jeremiah Owosu Karamoa, Ted. He's my number one. It's almost a 1A and 1B with him and Micah Parsons. It's almost dead equal. What's the, what's the, what's the thing that separates the two? You're going to see on this tape I show you. This is probably the most impressive tape I've seen of any position so far when you watch Karamoa. Check this stuff out. The guy is super versatile. You can play him all over the place. You, you could play him at safety if you needed to be. He's, he's the best coverage guy, linebacker, in this draft, I think. And you'll okay. see by some of this footage of him covering guys out of the backfield. I mean, he's almost – you can almost play him at safety. With He's the, small, the smallest guy in the draft, not height-wise, but weight-wise. At 216, that's pretty light. 
But in today's game, you need the lighter guys. That's how the, the game is evolving into coverage. You got to have linebackers who can cover over the middle. And if you watch his footage, there's guys coming across the middle that he knocks on their ass or he covers them. Mm-hmm. He is he is really, really good at in coverage and also as a run stopper. So I gave him the edge over Micah, even though Micah's probably a better athlete and probably has a little bit better closing speed to the quarterback. He's better at getting to the quarterback than Caramo is, but okay. I like the coverage. I like the coverage and the fact that you can bring him in and play him at some kind of hybrid safety deal. He is this the footage speaks for itself. In 25 games over the last two seasons, Koromoa had 162 tackles. 96 of them were solo tackles. 24 and a half tackles for loss. Seven sacks. Seven pass breakups. One interception. Five forced fumbles. And four recovered fumbles on top of the five forced. Wow, what an underachiever. He, uh, Notre Dame. Notre Dame. He, Brian Kelly really knew how to use him. He used him all over the place. That He, uh... He really shined there. I think he won the Buckus Award last year for top linebacker. Uh-huh. And people say, well, that's because Parsons opted out because of COVID. If Parsons would have played, he would have got it. I don't really fall into that. The guy won it. You got to be a pretty good linebacker to win the Buckus Award in college. Yeah. Um, super versatile. Uh, he's just – I don't see any flaws in his game, Ted. And I gave him the number one spot on that. And I think Zimmer would love to have that guy. So what what do you like about Micah Parsons then? Because you know, it, for the Vikings, those the linebackers have to be good in in pass coverage. Can Micah Parsons do that? Micah Parsons is decent in pass coverage. Not like not like Koromoa. He's not like Koromoa in pass coverage. But but okay. Parsons, dude, he has his own <laughs> things that that it, it's kind of weird. He has some off field issues that people have talked about. But I've discussed. Micah Parsons with different different draft people and some people have said that guy's a total bust. One trick pony, total bust. He rushes a passer and that's it. Parsons. Then other, other people say that he's the best linebacker they've seen since like Patrick Willis. Really? So it's really across the board with uh, Micah Parsons. Koromoa, one last thing before we move to Micah Parsons. He's like to me, if you could fuse hitman smith and eric kendricks together that's kind of what koromoa is to me really he can play around the line of scrimmage he's his instincts are really good he's just good he's a really good player but we'll get to parsons so Micah okay. parsons. let's oh, talk know. micah parsons the, the, now now huge, before you go to parsons player. do you think Caramola will be drafted before micah parsons no micah parsons would be the first linebacker taken they're both well-deserving of a first-round draft pick, I think. Okay. They're both going to be really, really good football players. You know what? I'm going to call it right now. Koromoa is going to be Defensive Rookie of the Year. Wow. You want to throw some spice that, on that, that hot take? That's a spicy hot take right there. That burns just being near it. Ow. Yeah. You dirty, dirty man. <laughs> Sprinkle it on, baby. Sprinkle it on. <laughs> Let's get the Micah Parsons. No relation to the great Alan Parsons. Remember that. Remember the great Alan Parsons. Yeah, so you're saying Mike is not going to be a project. <laughs> the Alan Parsons project. Oh, my God. <laughs> what now? The Alan Parsons project is a progressive rock band in 1982. I want you to just call it Operation Wang Chung, ass. <laughs> Now we're on fire. <laughs> Light the candle. Okay, here we go. Micah Parsons. What do people want to know about him? This guy was a huge recruit. You're going to love this story. <clears throat> huge recruit. First off, in high school, 10 sacks. He was a defensive end. He didn't even play linebacker. In high school, he had 10 sacks his senior year. He also had 1,300 yards rushing and 27 touchdowns as a running back. Jeez. Freaky. <laughs> Is that freak of the week or what? That's that's pretty good. That's pretty talented. So as a recruit, what, 2016, he was being recruited by Ohio State really heavily. Ohio State was having a game day, a college game day with Corso and all those guys, Fowler. Okay. 
five, four, three, two, one. And then Micah Parsons, during his recruiting period, Ohio State was recruiting him. He got invited to college game day when game day was in Columbus to do a game, right? Yeah. So Micah Parsons gets up on stage and takes a picture with Kirk Herbstreet. And they're thinking, oh, this is cool. You know how dumb the NCAA is. You know what's coming next. They said it was some recruiting violation that he took a picture with Kirk Herbstreet. I'm being totally serious, dude. No way. I don't yes. remember this at all. I, I'm surprised I, I don't remember this. Yeah. No, he can't can't accept a car from somebody. Who cares? Bought this guy a hamburger. Oh, that's a violation. You <laughs> bought him a hamburger. Anyway, and I'm sure Herb Street, knowing how he is, he's a really stand-up guy. He wouldn't have done it if he'd known it was some kind of violation. No, he if, wouldn't. It's have. because he played for Ohio State and it's some student athlete thing or something. Really dumb. But Ohio State, instead of making a big beef about it, they told the NCAA, we won't recruit Micah Parsons. He was going to go to your school, dude. Really? You imagine if the Buckeyes got that guy. Oh, man. So that's a little story. When I found out about it, I go, there's going to be a tasty, tasty tidbit. (laughs) So that's a little story that I knew you would enjoy on that. But he was a defensive end, but he got to Penn State. Uh James Franklin, I think Franklin's his name, the head coach there. Mm-hmm. He saw him and said, dude, you're way too athletic to be a defensive end. We need to put you at linebacker. Boy, did he – he started shredding from day one. He got 82 tackles when he was a freshman. Uh, just in 2019, you know, he opted out last year. So the last stats or really footage you could see of him playing at Penn State because he opted out last year was 2019. 109 tackles, 14 tackles for loss, five sacks four forced fumbles and five passes defense. God, that's good. So he does have coverage skills, but his, as you see in this footage, his, his main, what's the word I'm looking at? Attribute. Okay. Is closing speed on people. It's, it's like shot out of a cannon. I know you've heard that term shot out of a cannon. Yeah. Uh, getting to the quarterback. I think he, because he learned as a defensive end when he was playing football how to get to the quarterback, I think that's really helped him at the next level. But probably the number one thing you're drafting this guy for is the fact that you're going to have a middle linebacker that's going to come in and know the game right away, loves football, can direct your defense. Right off the bat, he's day one, he's your middle linebacker starter. Some say he's the next Luke Keekley. I don't want to go really? that far yet. I don't okay. want to go that far yet, but let me tell you what kind of tackling machine this guy is. Tackling's a lost art, dude. Guys do the bare minimum. Yeah, they do. do. The bare minimum. This guy, <clears throat> in 2019, was one of only two players in college football that had 75-plus tackles and less than 10 missed tackles. Really? Yes. That is very, that's a very impressive statistic. 188 career uh, tackling uh, tackle attempts that year, and only had 11. He only had 11 missed tackles. Wow! The guy when the guy gets you, you're down, and that is probably to me that's the most impressive thing is tackling skills. That and getting to the quarterback. So you could probably say he's better than Coromoa with those two specific categories, but I just like Coromoa's uh, coverage skills a little better. But okay. You know what? One A and one A B. Whatever. One A, one B. On those two guys. Those are the top two guys that are going to go. He'll be the first one gone, though. Who we got next? Got one more. He's number six on my board. I want to go over it real quick. I just wanted to go over those top two with you because those are the guys, if the Vikings were thinking about taking a linebacker, those are the two I would choose from. Okay, so before you get to Nick, Michael Bolton. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. you, You asked me this question. Uh, you kind of you kind of put me on the spot. Are, are the Vikings going to go linebacker? Do you think? Let's just say the draft Dude, plays out. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Wake up! I got a question. Hello. Don't. Next time you yawn during our segment, yeah. go down. We're going outside. I don't want any more yawning on this. There's no yawning on this show. So we'll leave that for the other show. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. So you, you would ask me now. Now, let's say the draft plays out, and and either Caramoa or well, Caramoa probably will be. Let's say Micah Parsons is on the board at fourteen, and and the 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 top three offensive linemen we talked about earlier 
Slater, Derisaw, and and Sewell are all off the board. Right. Say Quiddy, let's say Quiddy pays off the board too. The the probably number one edge guy. Would you consider drafting Micah Parsons at fourteen? Here would be the problem in that <clears throat> dynamic, great football player, but and he does play middle. He plays a little bit of outside linebacker, but he's primarily a middle linebacker. And that you run into a problem. You got Eric Kendrick still. What are you going to do with Parsons if he? You're not going to put him in a position he's weaker at. You're going to draft him to be a middle linebacker. And if if Kendricks had a few more years on him, and we were looking to maybe maybe move him out of that slot and move somebody else younger into that slot, okay, then I would definitely be it. Karamoa is an outside linebacker only. There's your difference. Parsons plays both, plays middle better. Uh, Karamoa plays outside linebacker, but he's not as talented on the specific areas that Parsons is. But if you took him, what do you do with him? That's my question. All right, so. Uh, Michael Bolton. No, wait, I'm sorry. Nick Bolton. Can you name three Michael Bolton songs? I can't. No. <laughs> if I could, I, I would still lie. Nick Bolton. Tasty tidbit to lead in. He's the reason he's my third. I only spot like three guys, and I'm picking him as my third one. All right. Off, he's six feet tall, so a lot of times he loses the running back on vi- vision when the other guys stand up. I'm not trying to rip him or laugh about it. He's a small guy, so he loses vision on the running back. But get this. Since 2019, Nick Bolton's 30 tackles for loss or no gain were the most by any player in the SEC. Really? The SEC, Ted. That ain't the Mid-American Mac or the, what else they got over there? The WAC. The WAC. Pac-12. The Mac is WAC. This is SEC. And as we roll this tape, you only got to watch one clip. The first clip, you only got to watch the first one, and then you'll say, wow. He's got room on the edge, spins it inside, and he gets popped. Whoa! And Juwan Jennings hadn't gotten up. Nick Bolton delivered a sledgehammer. See that? Wow. Down by the goal line. (laughs) Stopped him from getting into the end zone. I wasn't supposed to time the highlights like that. (laughs) I just broke a big toothless rule. Sorry. (laughs) Michael Bolton's closing speed is ridiculous. Got this, though. Production, production, production. We always talk about production. Last two seasons, 198 tackles, 16 tackles for loss, three sacks, 12 pass breakups. 12. 12 PD. Wow. Okay. I love this dude's game. Love me some Nick Bolton. Um, and I tried to find, I don't know where I got him on. Where do I have him getting drafted? You second, have him either second or third round guy. Your six, number have, six linebacker overall. We still have uh, three third rounders, right? Uh, yes. Yes. The Vikings do. I also like him. You watch very closely on his tape. He doesn't get fooled by play action and he doesn't get fooled by misdirection. A lot of linebackers, their biggest problem is they get leaning one way or they get fooled by something. Nick Bolton is very experienced. He doesn't get fooled by anything. He just needs to be coached up. He gets this guy gets lost in the mush too much in the, in the congestion. Yeah, He's, you got to keep him out of that congestion. Koromoa does the same thing. Koromoa gets caught in congestion, it's over. It, he doesn't play well when he's in the mush. And neither okay. does Nick Bolton. These are out in space guys. But Bolton is the identifies screens, doesn't get fooled by play action. He is a very smart player, Ted. And correct, the Vikings have two third-round picks, not three. Two, two third-round picks. No second-round pick, two third-round picks. So if somebody like Nick Bolton made it to the fourth, he might be too good of a value to pass up. Okay. And he plays outside linebacker and inside linebacker. He plays both. So if somebody got – somebody, if Kendricks did get nicked up, he'd be versatile enough to play both outside and inside. That's another thing I liked about him and put him well, – while the Vikings should take a look at him. But uh, Okay. I, I like Nick Bolton. Missouri didn't mention his school would, would be remiss of me to not mention his school. He's so, so that's the last guy you got it. You're going to highlight. That's the last guy I got. I mean, there's I, some I wanna... great, great players on here. There's no, there's no Devin whites in this draft linebacker wise. You know what? I'm going to give a shout out to skull light who told last week. He sent the question into us talking about that. Wasn't a lot of talent. Yeah. In the linebacker, and I hadn't researched any of them yet. Skull mm-hmm. light was dead on. Okay. Smart listeners, smart viewers, smart listeners, smart people that watch Vikings Report, Ted. Smart. I, I, I got a, I got one question about one guy. What do you got? So I see down at 13, 
there's a kid from Virginia named Charles Snowden. I want to know if he's related to Edward Snowden, the NSA dude. That ratted out that, well, he didn't really rat it. He ratted out the NSA for illegally spying on, on a bunch of people that they oh, should. Oh, that's have. right. That Snowden guy. Yeah. Well, I, now that explains it all because look, look at the sheet I was getting when I was trying to do his draft write up. Right? <laughs> that explains it, right? Look, it's all blacked out. <laughs> so I think it is the same. It might be the same guy. So Edward Snowden is trying to get back into the United States, uh, mimicking a Virginia linebacker trying to get drafted. I think we should take him. All right. He's a fourth or fifth round guy. Edward Snowden, NSA, linebacker. Yeah, he's got a tendency to disappear (laughs) during games. (laughs) Oh, Oh, that's terrible. It's definitely terrible. We're going off the rails with the crazy train right now. All right. So that'll do it for this week's uh, linebacker position breakdown. Uh, we got a great trivia game coming up. Uh, we're going to be doing trivia at Jeopardy. And yeah! first, first we're going to be, we're, we'll go to a commercial. So we'll be right back. My dad played football. I grew up in a small farming community where really everything was community-based around sports. As a five- or six-year-old kid, I can remember I was holding the gate for my dad. He was feeding cattle. We were doing chores, and I remember telling him that I'm going to play professional sports. It's cool to um, uh, be a part of a person's life who used to play for a football team. There's just so many great parts of football and what it, what it means to bring people together. flavor unlike any other brand cereal in the world. Yeah, golden flakes of bran. Got that wonderful flavor of bran muffins. It's so good, millions of folks eat them for flavor alone. Yeah. Sorry, Otis, I thought maybe you had a bottle in there. Oh, I do. Otis! <laughs> you wouldn't want me to eat it dry. <laughs> Start your day a little bit better with post-40% bran flakes. They are good. I appreciate it, and good night. Welcome to Toonses Trivia. How are you guys doing today? Wow, good, Toonses. How are you? Hey, I'm good. This is going to be fun. Today we're going to play VR Jeopardy. Yeah! Michigan nice. beatdown coming. Here we go. Oh, God. As you can see, we have four categories. Vintage Vikings, yes. Modern Vikings, Non-Playing Personnel, and Potpourri. Excellent. All right, we're Ted. Fine work on this tune says excellent why don't you go first ted uh let's go potpourri for a hundred alex <laughs> all right here we go this viking qb once passed for five touchdowns in back-to-back games on the road who is dante culpepper that is correct oh my god 100 points for ted okay Let's see how this is starting out. Uh, 
potpourri for 200. These two running backs ended their careers with exactly the same number of rushing and, and receiving TDs. Who is Darren Nelson and Mo Williams? Drew, do you have a guess? Because I know that is wrong. Uh, exactly the same number of rushing and receiving touchdowns. Two, one second left. No, I don't know. Bill Brown and Chuck Foreman. I was going to say Chuck Foreman, but I didn't have a second. All right, Ted, it's still your turn. What? Uh, Potpourri for 300. This Viking was leading the NFL in receptions midway through the 2012 season before being sidelined by a serious ankle injury. I don't even, I don't even have a guess. You don't have a guess of a wide receiver from 2012? <laughs> <laughs> All right, your time's up. Sydney Rice. Oh, Percy Harvin. Duh. Percy Harvin. <laughs> oh, man, we suck. All right, How Ted. Uh, Potpourri 400. This is the only non-kicker Vikings player to wear number one. Who is Warren Moon? Yeah. That is correct. Ted Sheets. <laughs> clear, the, clear the category. All right, Ted, uh, you have 500 points. And then Potpourri for 500. This former Vikings running back competed in the 92 Winter Olympics. Virtual Walker! That is correct. Drew for 500. Good job, Good job Drew. Meow, meow. I thought that was, you have to get one. Now we get rolling. Let's go with Vintage Vikings for 100. This former coach had only two winning seasons in his run with the Vikings. Jerry Burns. Norm, Norm Van Brocklin. Oh, that's right. Ted, got it. Non-playing personnel for 100. This man became the official mascot for the team for 20 Hunt years. Me. Who's Hunt Meats? Hunt Meats. Ah, I think. Ah, Drew got it. Yep, he did. Um, I'm going non-playing personnel for 200, Tunes. All right, this former player spent two years as the Vikings Director of Planning and Development and was responsible for overseeing the construction of the Winter Park Scott office. Scott Studwell. Ted, do you have a guess? Because I cannot uh, remember what the answer is. I do not have a guess, no. Oh, neither of you. Oh, I didn't know that. All right, That's Ted. Grady. Um, vintage Vikings for 200. The Vikings defeated this Who's team. Chicago Bears. Chicago. <laughs> All right, Ted got it. 200 for Ted. Vintage Vikings for 300. The most famous... Brad Target. Who's Brad Target? I hate Ted Glover. I hate him. 300 Ted. Uh, vintage Vikings for 400. No way. I think Ted sees him before I do. He passed for 490 yards. Tommy Kramer. <laughs> yeah, let's clear the vintage Vikings down and so I can clear me another 500 points right here. Hit it! Right. This ever reliable case. Oh my goodness. I don't know who got that. Oh, we're going to have to do a tape delay. Yeah, I'm going to have to go to review after further review. <laughs> yeah, I am going to have to do that. Sorry about that. I can't I think tell who the got board- that. I don't know. That's tough. After further review. I'm going to go non-playing personnel for 300. This man is the current head. Who's Eric Sugarman? Very good. 300 for Ted. Non-playing personnel for 400. This former Vikings general manager played seven seasons as an NFL quarterback. Rick Spielman. Former Vikings general manager. Who's Jim Finks? That is correct. You're going to need to give me that Brett Cox. You're going to need to give me the Brett Cox point right now. <laughs> Non-playing personnel, 500. This longtime Twins public address announcer also worked in that role for the Vikings for a short period in the early 60s. That's a, that's a Tony Bell question right there. Um, this who is Herb Carneal? Drew, do you have a guess? Who is Herb Carneal? Bob Casey. 
doggone it. I didn't know that. I don't know Bob Casey. All right, Ted. Modern Vikings for 100. Randy Moss. What is the 18th pick? Wrong. What is the 21st pick? True. Snuck in there. I'm giving myself a meow meow on that one. Modern Vikings, 200. The Vikings beat... What? Packers. Packers? Yeah. 300. Hit it. This Vikings kicker set an NFL record for most... Gary Anderson. Oh, wait. Rookie. Ted got it. 300. Overstepped my boundaries on that one. Ready? Yep. 400. This player from Russell, Tyler, Rupin... And St. Cloud State made the Vikings as a 29-year-old reserve Todd quarterback. Todd Bauman. Good job, Drew. Wow. <laughs> Look at the big brain on Brad. <laughs> All right. Last one. Zip, Ted Glover. Brad Childress. Who's Brett Favre? Tavares oh. Jackson. <laughs> oh, Ted got it. That was good. Thank Let's do that again soon. Playing. That is a hell of a job by Toons to set that whole thing up. Yeah, it was. See that you next week. Looking up all the questions and putting that thing together. That was yep. beautiful and identical. Thank really you, Toons. Yeah, let's do that one again real soon. That was a good matchup. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so that'll do it for trivia. Um, again, thanks, everyone, for watching the show. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for your comments. Um, it, it's It's... I, we say it every week, but it's still amazing how, how much fun we're having doing this and, and the responses and the feedback we're getting. Um, to the retro TV shows, if you guys would like us to pay tribute to a show that you like, put that down in the comments because we'll take any, any, any and all recommendations. We'll look at them and, and um, be happy to do them for you. So don't forget the comments for the jersey if you got a TV show comment or a, even a player jersey uh, or a player throwback you want us to talk about. Mention that guy. We'll do it, too. Um, anyways, uh, again, thanks to Toonses. Thanks to Liz. Thanks to my co-host, Drew. Uh, Drew, I'll let you take it home, and, and we'll try and do better the next time. It's a really, really fun show. Thanks, everybody, for watching our show and for subscribing and being part of what we're doing here. We're growing. We're getting bigger. We're at episode 15. Um, but we love having you tune in with us and talk Vikings and laugh a little bit. And you know what? Sports doesn't always have to be that serious. You can have fun and have sports at the same time. Don't forget Vikings Uncensored on Friday nights with our yes. good friends, Lance and Rhino. They're doing Viking Uncensored Friday, 6 o'clock Central, 4 o'clock Pacific. Great show. They like to have a good time, too. want to say thanks to Ted. Thanks to Toonses. I should have won Jeopardy. <laughs> I want to give a shout-out to Andy Griffith Show. Thank you for being our show. And let's hear it for Chad Greenway. <laughs> Chad Greenway for being our Jersey Talk for the day. That's it. We will certainly do better the next time. Have a great weekend. Have a great week ahead. Let's rock on. We're heading towards that draft party on the 29th. And that's it. Say good night, Ted. Good night, Ted. Do 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 do